Hello, this is Ted calling from the Ditmas Flatbush town of Brooklyn, New York City. Living in this queer body in the age of COVID, as someone who's been thinking about HIV his whole life, I feel like I am learning or trusting my intuition around societal shifts. Um, what seems clear to me is that the early crisis days of the COVID panic are dwindling and we are growing in an awareness that the long emergency is upon us. Um, before we lose those feelings or lose these feelings, I really urge people, especially those who kind of jump into action in crisis mode, um, to think about these four questions. What did you do? Why did you do it? What would you do differently? And what is needed now? And I would invite you to answer those questions in exquisite detail and share them with others. I think you can answer them in drawings, in collage, in poetry, in prose, in diary. I think the answers are in your body, they're in your imagination, they're in your dreams, and I think it's really good to share them and archive them. The questions again are, what did you do? Why did you do it? What would you do differently? What is needed now? And if those questions don't really work for you, I have some more. How do we make space for the quote unquote reasonable desire to not get sick while also refusing ableism? How do we engage with the rot state of health while recognizing our organic matter? How do we exist in the epidemic with our fears, our solidarity, our bodies, and each other? Thank you. But I'm Eli, um, and I live in western central Massachusetts in a small town and this general area is where I've always lived and it's the traditional homeland of the Nipmuc Nation. Um, this time has been has been thoroughly interesting. At the beginning I struggled. I didn't know if I was going to make it really. I mean I kind of have thoughts like that a lot but it was definitely heightened. I was going to school and and kind of everything except for the work I'm doing on a farm kind of fell away. Um, and for a while I was quarantined with my partner in, in our house, which is just like one room. And so it close proximity to one person, but the rest of my life, you know, was away. And there's so many people that I want to be there for, but like... I felt like my mind was imploding on itself. <laughs> so I've been now in a place of wanting to reach out more and learning how to reach out again with, um, with, with more integrity to myself. And additionally, I've been wanting to reach out because I've been on T for a year and, um, and it's like, oh, I want to engage with other queer people because I'm feeling good in my queer body for like the first time in a long time you know <laughs> and on a more difficult note a lot of the situation has kind of brought up 
some disordered eating that I've been dealing with for like a decade, but it's been, it was especially hard at the beginning of my quarantine and it's ironic because I'm really in close relationship to a lot of the things I eat because I'm growing them and I'm also gonna start working even more to grow food for folks in the area community members who don't have access to fresh produce otherwise and really I spend so much time thinking about food but then when I go to put it in my own body it's really difficult so that's something that this has been giving me time to to engage with more consciously, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but I also, I think the same thing goes with my partnership because, you know, we're in close quarters and, you know, luckily uh, he's been able to go back to work and I'm starting to do more out and about, um, you know, outside in the the context of growing food and whatnot. Um, but for a while, you know, we really had to get clear with ourselves about what was needed and how to express that. And that's still something, you know, everyone's working on. But yeah, learning how to feel that in my body has been a big thing. Last thing I'll say is on the note of not knowing what to do, not knowing how to help, especially for folks if they don't have access to a lot of like money to be throwing around. Um, I would suggest maybe people get pen pals um, through Black and Pink, um, the organization. I have some pen pals and I'm just like, frankly, so worried about them because like not every like everyone who can be bailed out should be bailed out, but not everyone can be because some people are still just going to be stuck in prison. And this is just the terrible reality, but in the meantime, like, you can be there for someone and you can support them, letters, phone calls, what have you. So maybe think about that if you can. Um, If not, I hope you're okay. Thanks. Hi, this is Marina, and I'm calling from unceded Lenape territory. It's May 2020. I'm trying to see this as a good time to practice being alone with my body. I'm learning some really difficult lessons about what it means to actually live and exist in my body. Since quarantine started, I've been trying to be softer when speaking to my body. I recently started acknowledging that I have a body that is mine, only mine. I decided very recently to use this time to learn how to be alone with that body, physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. Part of this means re-examining my understandings of what it actually means to be alone. In my body, spiritually, I'm learning to let go of control. Where does shame manifest in my body? What secrets do different parts of my body hold? I'm trying to reclaim my childhood. I ask myself, where do I hold memory in my body? Where does my inner child live in my body? Intellectually, my body hears every word that I think. 
I tend to have a lot of dark thoughts throughout the day, spirals that convince me I'm not worthy of kindness or love, only shame and guilt. I've been writing in my journal a lot, letting my stream of consciousness take over. Emotionally, my body is learning that I am not broken for the shame that I feel about myself. I'm trying to really believe that it's possible to heal and like truly heal. Finally, physically, my body is learning to be a strong home to me. I'm practicing every day to love my physical self with compassion and tenderness. I've been taking baths and I look at my body, I look at my scars, I look at my hair, and I can't believe I used to be ashamed of all that hair. I wash my body now as if someone else were washing it for me. Gentle, with care, with love. Hey, um, this is Mel Plout, and I am here to respond to the question what it's like to live in my queer body during the pandemic. And maybe this has been said before, or maybe it's obvious, but the fact is, is that during the pandemic, I feel the least queer, quote unquote queer, that I've ever felt in my entire life. And I realized that so much of that feeling comes with being out in public and because I'm not doing that so much um, I just am in my home I'm with my wife and I don't feel different queer I don't feel anything I feel like my gender sort of completely doesn't matter anymore in a way that I rather enjoy Um, it it has become the non-entity that it always should have been. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to respond to other people's reactions to it. I don't have to worry about it at all. And in that regard, it's been a fucking relief not having to deal with other people. <laughs> Maybe that's misanthropic, but they're the ones who cause the friction for me. Um, whereas I'm just going out and living my life, as I think most of us are trying to do. The other piece of this is going out with a mask on and the, you know, the gendering happens in this weird way where nobody really can figure out what I am until I open my mouth. And even then they still have no idea, but it's almost more confusing to other people and therefore kind of easier for me. Um, I don't know. I think um, it's sort of brought home the fact that my gender, my queerness, my difference essentially from this sort of normative, cis, hetero, etc. stuff is really rooted in other people's reactions. I, I mean, I'm also maybe in some ways... I take a, a different approach to pronouns where I don't care what pronoun people use for me. Um, 
And that's not to cast judgment on people who do care because um, it's very important. But for me, it's always been about, oh, whatever, I don't care. Pronouns are for other people. I don't, I don't use them for myself because that's just, I don't know. I just don't see myself that way. So anyway, um, I, I am, it, you know, the pandemic sucks. Everything about this fucking sucks. However, the one thing <laughs> that has been... Uh, a balm for me, and balm as in B-A-L-M, not B-O-M-B, <laughs> um, has been not having to deal with other people's fucking bullshit. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm coming at you here from Lincoln, Nebraska. Last year, I came at you from uh, rural Georgia. And so maybe it's a little bit different. Um, when I lived in New York, I don't know. I mean, I guess I experienced the same level of kind of anonymity and invisibility to a degree that I'm experiencing now just in the privacy of my own home in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln's not so bad. It's not as bad as uh, gender-wise as Georgia was. Um, But being outside of the big blue states and big blue cities, I'm in a little blue city, it's just um, the friction is there. It's harder. And so staying home has been a little bit that's the one thing that's been easy about staying home. So that's what I got for you. Um, Take care. Hi, it's Andrew Green. I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. And living in this queer body during a pandemic like COVID-19 to me, it's a iteration or reiteration of my identity and the love and self-care and devotion I must give to myself before I can ever help anyone else um, or be in a relationship, friendship, siblingship, parentship. It's been yet another time where I can reflect on all of the things I've been struggling with and how they correlate to root issues of trauma in my adolescence and using what I know now as an adult to fix that issue I had with my inner child and using that to reassert myself and my identity and my gender presentation. Um... Everything I do is never for the intention, but the joy I get by doing it. So like expressing myself via makeup or heels or my nails or the color of my hair, the style of my hair, all of these things I do because it's not a costume. It's actually me. It's myself as an artist creating myself, Andrew Green. And... Just like any other human, I change moods and days every day. And so realizing that I'm not alone and we all need to be supportive of our queer brothers and sisters and souls, knowing that all this shit, the other marginalized communities and people's experience that they don't want gets pushed on to us and 
the more we stand together and support each other and love each other, we can begin to show others that just a conversation, being heard, listening to, and respecting others, we are not second-class citizens. We are actually humans. We are all the same beings with different stories to tell. Thank you. Hi, this is Alinda Mariposa Segarra of Hooray for the Riff Raff, and I am in New Orleans. And during this time of COVID-19, I'm learning living in my queer body that fear feels like childhood to me. It feels like a childhood emotion, this type of big fear and the fear of losing my elders is a memory in me and it's being activated and to feel that and to honor it, I've been trying to let myself rest and that's hard to do. that's hard to do but I'm trying to allow myself rest allow my body rest I'm also trying to allow my body a little bit of sunshine when I can safely do that outside for a walk and I'm learning that my body deserves to taste really nice things and smell things and savor things and and it in it deserves to enjoy and feel good during this time that's what i'm still learning and it's hard for me so that's about it <laughs> probably a lot of other stuff um i hope everyone's okay Love you. My name is Victoria, and I'm in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm finding navigating my body through this pandemic to be not what I thought it would be. I have a pretty awful trauma that Uh, I feel re-traumatized by every spring and so I came into this thinking that I would have to be sitting in quarantine with all of the feels and emotions and thoughts that come with that re-traumatization but what I'm finding to be hard is the fact that I don't realize how much my body is in motion on any given day, whether it is walking the subway, engaging in a meal with someone, going, I mean, if I choose to exercise, choose, you know, exercising, I think like those little movements, going from 
you know, walking and engaging with the community and all the things that comes with not being in quarantine, um, too sedentary and being in my tiny apartment, uh, it's hard and I feel that weight on me and it, it's just feels like a wave of anxiety and I think I'm really feeling, you know, I live with a partner, but I, that intimacy between queer people and queer friendships and that platonic love and or romantic love, um, that you have with the people that are in your life, um, not being able to hold their hand or, hug them or, you know, going from being able to hand them a tissue in person to watching a screen over an app while you both cry and you can't do anything about it. I think that that is the weight that my body is feeling over this time period. Hey, Asher, it's Colin. What's good? I'm calling to talk about my body. And uh, there's a lot to say. You know, I think pandemic or not, it's um, I'm seven months on HRT. So there's changes afoot. You know what I mean? If you get my drift. My skin is way softer. My, um, my face is becoming rounder. I'm growing breasts. I have a bra on right now for the second day. I had to order children's bras because uh, my tits are so small. I did order a, a bra, like a fancy bra that's nice, but I'm not ready for that yet. And also um, when I bought it in the mail, it's like for adults with small breasts. It, I, it came with a little postcard that said, welcome to the tiny tribe. And I just am so mortified by that postcard that I it'll be months before I put that bra on again. Yeah, I don't know. Look. This has been hard to record, frankly, because um, I hate the sound of my own voice because I sound like a man on the radio and I don't know what to do about that. I do a fucking podcast. What is the report from my body? Yeah, my body's changing. I'm very lucky in all this that I'm financially stable. I am living in a house with a loving partner in a not super dense city where um, it's pretty easy to get our needs met. The real big impact that shelter in place is having on this situation particularly is that uh, my hormones are changing and so I'm volatile right now and I'm trapped in a house or I should say my girlfriend is trapped in a house with me and it feels scary sometimes to be completely out of control and I you know hormones dictate so much of our senses of safety and well-being in the world and blah 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 and like mine are shifting and so things are feeling kind of nutty and it's taking a lot of work and a lot of communication to be both caring for myself and meeting my needs and also being responsible to my partner who is impacted by that every single day. And so that's been sort of the big project of, you know, this COVID crisis in my personal life is um, navigating adult puberty in confinement, which, you know, I think we're doing a pretty good job. So, and thanks for calling me or asking me to do this or whatever. It's I really appreciate it. What you're doing is fantastic. I love listening every week. All right, bye.
Hi, this is Jeff Henshaw of Cosmic Cousins. It's a podcast, um, astrology. I'm a queer astrologer, I'm a tarot reader, and I come from a background of yoga and somatic practices. And I have to say, this prompt has been so deeply helpful and grounding for me, and listening to what everyone else has to say as well has inspired me in so many ways. So thank you. For me, during this COVID-19 social distancing time, I've been spending a lot of time alone, as everyone has, the last two and a half months. But it's different for me because I just got up to Mount Shasta in Northern California in March. And I don't know anyone here. So it's been um, scary at times. It's also been really healing. Uh, and so I've had more time to reconnect with my queerness and to my body. Uh, it's been a coming home to myself because I'm not over inundated by cultural cultural and societal expectations and I have the luxury I'm aware that it's a luxury of not having to worry about what my body looks like to other people or what I'm going to wear when I go out because I'm not really going out and so I've really been given the space to ask myself what feels good to me so I've been moving my body more needing to find new ways to entertain myself I've been playing dress up, I've been admiring my body, I've been giving myself massages with coconut oil, I've been listening to Lizzo's song Coconut Oil while I do that. So I've just been playful in a new way. It's been refreshing in many ways. But amongst that, we also have the weight and the seriousness of the world around us and whatever darkness we're moving through. It's heavy right now. So it's this balance between this lightness and this heaviness. And so this reminds me of Gemini, um, Gemini the twins, right? Venus is in Gemini all summer long, and we have the opportunity to really explore these themes. Venus connects us to our sensuality, our desires, and to our body. And being in the sign of Gemini, it actually, Gemini is very queer energy to me. Gemini energy, it shapeshifts reality. It's about duality juggling light with dark it's playful exploration it's curiosity and so i'm encouraging you and i'm encouraging myself with this transit to really tune into the parts of ourself that we keep hidden our shadow our darkness and to really listen um, learning how to be playful again learning how to be wild again but also channeling it with the experience of what it means to be grow growing older and trusting and the wisdom of our aging bodies. So I'm noticing that my body is becoming different. It's I'm becoming more manly, even if I don't want, want my body to be more manly. I'm holding weight differently and having more hair than I would desire. So it's been taking a lot of surrender. And so it's surrendering to the shape-shifting wisdom that lives within. So when these thoughts start to become overwhelming, I remind myself to move the energy out of my body, to, to dance, to shake, to practice yoga. And it's, it's a dance of healing, really. So when I, when I do that, I, I dedicate it to all the years of shame and repression that I've held in my body. And I do it for the inner child who wasn't allowed to, to dress up in girls' clothing and who was made fun of for holding his hands out in a certain way. And so we are, we are talking about, it's like this inner child healing meets adult wisdom. 
this is Venus and Gemini, and this is what I'm feeling into with what it means to be living in this queer body at this time. And so I'll leave you with the esoteric phrase for Gemini, which was channeled by Alice Bailey. I see my other self, and in the waning of that self, I grow and glow. Hi, this is Martha Otis, and I'm calling from Brooklyn. This time of COVID has been a continuation of my life as a healer and as a person who was chronically ill and now is in recovery. There are so many ways in which my own time of illness long before COVID prepared me for this time, more than I can speak about in two minutes. But this observation has been with me daily, like an ongoing revelation. Basically, I've hacked up and left behind my office and my most familiar tools, which are needles and treatment table, sharps container, etc., and have been living a very quiet life of quarantine, which in many ways is so similar to life with chronic illness and life in remission from chronic illness. What I learned and saw and sat with during those days, which became years of lying in bed, unable to do much more than look out the window and breathe and rest, indelibly shaped me as a person in the world and as a healer. It has been difficult to talk about and has often seemed unnecessary, but something in this time urges me to speak about it now. It's a whole new coming out. (laughs) And always parallel to my personal healing is my growth as a healer. This time of vulnerability has catalyzed a deep conversation with myself around my role and my, and particularly my stance around responsibility and agency. I'm really studying what it means to truly regenerate or to come back from or to be healed after a big loss, including the loss of one's health. And I'm wondering what this type of vulnerability and surrender might feel like in my body and in my life's work and how we might offer that to other people.